Welcome to the School of Sellers podcast, a teacher business show that is short on time, but big on action. Full-time, part-time, or just getting started? No matter where you are in your teacher-seller journey, there's something here for everyone. Making your online teacher business feel doable every step of the way. Here's your host, Erin Waters. Hello there and welcome to School of Sellers. I am Erin Waters and I am your host today. And I am so excited to tell you about our episode today because it is unlike anything I've ever done and it is very special to me. A couple days ago this week, we actually did a Facebook Live with a panel of amazing sellers who are part of the School of Sellers community. And during this 60-minute panel, we answered all of the live questions being submitted about what it takes to start a TPT business and our best advice for all TPT sellers. So the everything that you hear in this episode today is the audio from our Facebook Live. So I am so excited to share it with you. I, you know, I had very high expectations going into this chat because I know the panelists and I've seen what they're capable of, but this just surpassed all of my wildest dreams. The information and inspiration and tips that they shared throughout our panel are just priceless. So enjoy. It's a great one and I know you'll love it. Another reason this episode is so special to me beyond the fact that these are good friends of mine who have chosen to spend an hour with us is the fact that School of Sellers is getting ready to launch a Foundations for Teacher Sellers course. And this is the course for anyone who has been thinking about starting a teacher seller business, or maybe you have a TPT store, but you haven't really done anything with it yet. So you've heard me talk about all of the exciting things about starting your own business. So if you are in that camp right now and you are really ready to make that move, you can go to schoolofsellers.com slash foundations. And if you're a teacher seller who's listening, who is not a beginner seller, if you have friends who are teachers who you know would make amazing teacher sellers, feel free to share this episode with them and share the link with them so that they can get started doing their own teacher seller business. Because I know you all have those friends where it's like, oh my gosh, I would love it if you would get started in this because A, I know you'd be so good at it. And B, I know that we would just like have the most fun ever talking about all things TBD. So if you have one of those friends, we all do, Feel free to share this with them and spread the love and make sure that they visit schoolofsellers.com slash foundations. Okay. I won't make you wait any longer. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. This might be my favorite episode so far. Welcome to Sellers Tell All. I am here tonight with some of my seller friends who have graciously offered their time and expertise to answer all of the questions that you might have about selling on TPT. So I am Erin Waters. For anyone watching who doesn't know me, we are the, Ashley and I are the founders and team SOS of School of Sellers, along with Katie, who is helping us behind the scenes tonight. And we serve the seller community and we are really interested in helping teachers grow their TPT business, but also start their TPT business. And tonight we really want to answer your questions about what it's like starting out on TPT. Um, and basically just like any TPT stuff that you've ever wondered and would love to ask a group of experienced sellers. So we'll start out by doing um, just some 
introductions and kind of tell us what your store name is, how long you've been doing this all, and then we will go ahead and dive in. So Michael, you are the first person immediately to my right from my view. Why don't you go ahead and kick things off for us? All right. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm from Mikey D. Teach, um, which is uh, grades three to five social emotional learning and other subjects. And right now I'm teaching full time in the classroom, fifth grade in Ohio. Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Nicole Brown and my store is Brownie Points. Um, I've been selling since 2013 and I'm still teaching full time. I teach first grade in a city outside of Toronto, Ontario. And next will be Molly. Hi, I am Molly and I have been on TBT since 2013. My store is lucky to be in first. I am a full-time first grade teacher and I'm moving to a job share 50% next year teaching kindergarten. So I don't know. Wow. Scary. scary. All right. <laughs> All right, Carrie. <laughs> Hi, I am Carrie Brown. My story is Carrie Brown, super original. I am a kindergarten teacher and I have been on TBT since 2011, I think. And Vanessa. Oh, thank you. Hi, so happy to be here. Um, my name is Vanessa. My TPT store is Long Way Learning. And I've been on TPT, I want to say for six years plus. I can't pinpoint like a specific year. I just know it's six years plus. <laughs> um, I am a fourth grade teacher and I'm still in the classroom. Awesome. Well, thank you again, everyone. I know, especially all being in the classroom, I know how precious and valuable your time is. So it means a lot that you are sharing that with us tonight. So without further ado, Ashley, if you want to start asking some questions and also you're getting the questions that are being submitted live as well. So go ahead and pick a question. Okay, I'm gonna start with, let's have Carrie start with this one, okay? How do you come up with ideas for products beyond just using things you made for your own classroom? That's a good question. A great question. So I try to be like an outside of the box thinker and try to make things that I haven't seen other people create and that's really difficult to do but if you do find an original idea I think they do tend to do better because you're the only person that has that idea at the time so how I come up with that random times like driving in the car I know it sounds silly but driving in the car you'll have this random idea of oh that sounds like a good idea or when you're like shopping like most of the time when you can't just write it down are the times when you come up with random ideas that it has nothing to do with my kids at school and that's probably where I've come up with my best ideas like my best seller in my store I was driving four hours back to my home and I was like oh I wonder if that'll work as soon as I got there I like started trying to make it and turned out to be my bestseller so wow something else that I wanted to add to Carrie was that once I am creating a product like other ideas start to come up because then I start thinking of like oh I can turn this into something else as well so usually when you are creating a resource as you're doing it you'll have other ideas as well 
I want to piggyback on that. I also get very random ideas and my place is the shower. So I bought on Amazon this thing called Aqua Notes that it's a, it's a pad of paper that is <laughs> like waterproof and a pencil that writes in the shower. And I actually will write notes. And it's really funny because my husband will come and be like, I see another idea forming here. So it's like $10 on Amazon and I feel like it's a tax write-off. So you definitely should buy it. That is like the best thing I've heard all week. <laughs> I think it, that is so genius. <laughs> right? <laughs> I am totally with you guys. My two places are the shower and the car, 100%. But I will say that the car wins. Like I've definitely had my best ideas in the car to the point where I've even pulled over before. But yeah, there's just something about that, like mindless driving and not thinking about anything else. Like I think just totally clearing your mind is the best time to really start thinking. And I totally agree with Carrie about trying to find something that's not already been done. It's hard, but when you can, it is so worth it. And I think something like clearing your mind to piggyback on that, Erin, like, I feel like we work, 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 like being full-time teachers, all of us, we work all day. And then we come home and we work on this, you know, for hours each night and we're tired. And I found that some of my best like product lines or, you know, greatest ideas have been when I've like been reading a book and I've stepped away from TPT and stepped away from my computer. And then I'll get this genius idea. And so I think like the message is you need to take a break. It's really good for every, you know, all parts of your life. Okay. Our next one, I'm going to call on Michael to start, but I want everyone to, to kind of feed into this. If you could start over, what would you do differently? Oh man, that's a really good question. <laughs> everyone told me when I first started make products, cause if you don't have products, you can't sell anything. But then the next thing was blog. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to write a blog. I don't like writing. And I wish I had just listened and done it because it's, um, it's clear, at least in my story, I can, and probably everybody's, my the ones I blog about are some of my best sellers. So, it's something I wish I had started as soon as I as soon as I started TPT. I wish I had listened. <laughs> okay, I was going to say that you should look for, um, make sure all of your social handles are kind of available, and I pigeonholed myself into like lucky to be in first. And I've been a first grade teacher for 18 years, but now that I'm switching to kindergarten, I'm having like a crisis. Like, do I change my name? Do I stick with lucky to be in first? Like, what do I do? So really think through your name because I thought I started my blog on a whim one day and my husband came home and I was like, I started a blog today. And he's like, I have no idea what that means, but I'm super excited for you. And so, because like, I didn't think it through and I got a design up really fast. I think that I didn't, it was not well thought out. So take time and think things through a little bit more than I did. So I did a lot of, I had, when I first started teaching, I was an interventionist and I would do a lot of DI worksheets and I would have that in my computer for years until, cause I felt like it wasn't perfect or it didn't fit like a certain like, TPT like standard, I guess. And you know what? Once I posted it, like nothing happened. And the good thing is that you can always go back and change it and update it. So my advice, like if I were to start all over, would just be instead of 
like not worry about it being perfect, just post it. And then throughout like the years or time, you can always go back and just change it and update it and things like that. I think for me, I would say, I think that it's different now, the climate for PPT. When I started, I didn't know other sellers. I didn't know where to look. We didn't have these awesome Facebook communities. So I was pretty much on my own. So I would think, I wish I had the time and I, I sought connections just to learn with other people and to grow together and just get those questions answered. I'll say if I could do it all over, I would not create decor. Oh my gosh, I hate it. And so like my thing now is to be like, make what you like to make and not what you think you're supposed to be making. Cause everybody was making decor and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do decor or oh my gosh, I need to make this. And I hated all of it. And of course it didn't sell cause I don't like to do it. And so the stuff that I love to do is the stuff that sells. So I would say, make what you like and don't make what you think you need to make. And it's hard when you see like these huge sellers making things like decor and then they're doing well, obviously, but it's like, you also don't see the 90,000 other sellers who are selling decor that aren't making a single penny off of it. So I think that really is important to think about. I also wanted to chime in Molly, when you were saying about the usernames, that's one of my biggest regrets. And I would, if I were just starting out, I would make a list of all the possible names and I would grab every single one of them <laughs> on social media, just in case. And domains too. You can get Google domains for like $12 a year. Like if you think you're going to be doing something with a certain name, I think it's worth it to grab earlier on because, oh my gosh, it's so hard to find unique names and accounts now too, I feel like. Okay. We have our first live question. And this is going to be for whoever wants to answer and chime in. It says, we have about 52 products in our store. We have been open for approximately nine months. We create digital and print science resources for third through eighth grades. What is a ballpark figure we should be shooting for to make each month? Well, I want to say congrats for having that many products. I know I definitely did not have all of that um, within that time, but I don't know if Aaron wants to chime in, but I feel that one of the things that's important is just to continue to create and like the sales will come. They don't not, they, like, they don't come right away, but definitely if you're consistent in posting and updating your resources, like they will um, start selling and your sales over time will pick up, but it's definitely not like an overnight success. I would say too, that instead of focusing on how many products you have in your store to really think about, and I don't know if your goal is creating as many products as you can in your first year, there's nothing wrong with that, but also start looking at the ones that are selling the most. Even if your best sellers have only sold two or three times, there's still something to be said about that product. So as you continue to make products, I would look at those and see how you can maybe expand upon them, like into product lines or bundle them some way to keep that momentum going. But in terms of like a specific earnings number, I mean, you guys can chime in if you have, I I think it's so personalized based on every single seller and your niche, like who your target audience is. There's so many factors that go into it. So I don't have a number, but I would say whatever you do, don't compare your earnings to other people who have started around the same time as you, because it will go nowhere good. Yeah. And I would say I don't have a ballpark figure either because it's so different, but I would say, especially because you're almost at a year, just look at always like 
the goal is to do better than last year. So once you start getting into that and you can look at your years over time, I think that's a really good goal. And it's something that is motivating. So I would look at that. Okay. Our next one comes from Instagram. They say, I want to start a store, but what about copyright? I'm scared. I will get in trouble for unknowingly infringing on a trademark or something. And let's start with Nicole. All right, so that is a tricky thing. Um, but TPT does have a resource called TPT University. If you go there, they explain everything about copyright. But the thing to know is if you didn't create it, you have to be able to source it. Um, you could search for trademarks to see and find out whether or not that item is trademarked, um, but the information's out there. But don't be afraid, just do your research. And uh, we have all these communities now, you can ask. Also, I think one of the like best advice that somebody gave to me years ago was to stay in your own lane and not worry about anybody else. And so don't look at other people's things to get. So I actually follow very few sellers on Instagram because I don't want to accidentally be influenced by their work. And so staying in your own lane works for lots of parts of this business. Like if you stay in your own lane, I can't compare myself to that person over there because we're driving different speeds. And if I stay in my own lane, I'm not looking at their stuff. So when I make, you know, as long as you're staying away from like, you know, pizza cat or things that we know we really shouldn't be using, but using those resources, like Nicole said, are great. And, you know, a lot of times people will say like, I got this great idea and I just made it, you know, I fixed it to make my, you know, to make it work for my class. Like, well, you're still stealing. So I feel like as long as you're not borrowing from other people, just do what works for you and stay in your own lane. Okay. We have another one from Instagram and this is going to be for everybody. If you want to chime in, is it really possible to make a living from TPT? first. So I started TPT because I was poor. Like, oh my gosh, I think I was working in the district with the lowest teacher pay and I had a car note and I was paying for a house and student loans that are never ending. And I was like, I need a way to make money. And nobody would hire me because they said, I, you know, had degrees and stuff. So I couldn't get like a little side job because they said I made too much, you know, I, I required too much. And then TPT happened. And I absolutely say it is possible to make a living because there are tons of, you know, teachers who are full time now. But even in like all of us, I feel like I don't know how much everybody makes and not my business, but we are still all full time. And I think we probably do well on TPT. And enough to, you know, live comfortably so we're not looking for another side job that is super demanding and not related to education. So absolutely. So if you are on the fence and you're a teacher and you're wondering if this is something that could be, you know, good long term, absolutely do it. Because now I don't have to worry about which bill I'm going to pay, which month or skipping bills or anything like that. Those days are long gone. Yay. I love that. That like gives me goosebumps that you said that. You're like, yay. Um, I live in the Bay Area, which is like the most expensive place in the world seems to live. And so I am still working full time because, you know, it's tough to live here. But I think that you can like if you as long as you go into this, not thinking you're going to quit your job. I think that you have to set very realistic expectations that like my first month I wanted to make. I remember 
when I made a few like, you know, sales, I remember saying to my dad, I can't wait till I make $50 in one month. I know I have made it when I've made $50. And for me buying that, that premium seller membership, I emailed like a seller who I had purchased from before. I didn't know her personally. I just like out of, she just happened to be somebody who had an email address on her website. And I out of the blue emailed her and said, I'm sorry if this is too forward of a question, but I'm really struggling with the $65 that TPT wants me to pay. And she basically wrote back like, okay, put, pull your credit card out right now and pay for it. You, I promise this will pay off in no time. And I kind of laugh when I think of it now, like I can't believe I was willing to not pay $65, but I do think it is possible. And you know, for whatever your goals are, I like set a goal. Like I want to be able to pay my car payment this month. I want to be able to, you know, quit my job in two years, like whatever it is, set a very realistic goal. And I think it's totally doable, but you know, like somebody said earlier, it's a slow build. You're not going to get overnight success. Like those days on TPT, I think are over. I think for me as a teacher in Ontario, we get paid fairly well. I started it as a hobby and then I just started making more money and being single living on my own, it was like, it's nice to have that extra money. I can do what I want, buy my own things. I could afford to, you know, buy my own house, things like that. So for me, it was just a bit more financial freedom and not have to worry about pinching and, you know, treating myself to little things, but it didn't start that way, but it just ended up being just a nice bonus, but you definitely can do well. I think one of the biggest things that you guys have pointed out is that it's different from like other second jobs that teachers can get because you don't have to physically go to a second job. You don't have to show up. I mean, once you build your store and you put in the work up front, a lot of your income becomes passive. You know, you still have to put work into it, but I think that's like the big difference between other options that teachers have right now versus TBT. So I think, I don't know, I agree with everything that you guys have said. And I think that it can be a little misleading sometimes. Like if you hear, you know, I like some sellers will are very open about how much they earn. And that's like, I like hearing that stuff because it gives me hope and it like kind of fuels my fire. But I also, I think you have to be careful about setting those unrealistic expectations from the beginning. So you have to be motivated for the right reason. So I like Molly's suggestion about like having goals in mind that aren't, you know, necessarily tied to money, but yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, between this group, I feel like we could probably name like hundreds of sellers who have managed to make a living off of TBT. So it's just like, it's pretty magical. Okay. We have some more live questions. The first one's going to be, what are some tips for improving your TPT profile? Like adding a quote, what should my quote link to a profile picture? Where should I put my logo? And let's go with Molly. Oh my God. That's like how kids must feel. I got called on. Uh, Okay. Note to self for tomorrow in class. All right. Um, I did long ago an animated like box and somebody had some like tutorial. I feel like it was pitch clips. I feel like long ago she had is I think she still has it. Yes. does. Okay, good. Because I need to revisit it because I've changed my logo like three times since. I don't even sell some of the products that are still like circulating in that thing. And I chose to, I think the rule on TPT is you have to have that box link within TPT. That used to be the rule. So I think I'm sticking with that rule. So I link it to my bundles. 
because I want like the highest ticket item for when you click on this, like when you see all these fun products cycling through, I want to like go to the most expensive thing that you can buy because then you can buy little things within it. But I just think like if you showcase some of your resources then they see, you know, we, we all like love moving things like human beings are just like, give me more eye candy. So I think as much as you can use that retail space on TPT, like on the sides, on the top, do as much as you can in um, use your profile. Like people might not know this, but there's something you can like learn more about this seller. And so I put like random goofy facts that maybe somebody will be like, oh my gosh, I love the show friends too. Now they're going to want to buy from me. Who knows? I don't know what's going to connect with people. I love that advice. Here's a really good one from the live. As a full-time teacher, I want to use my summer break time to the fullest. How do I create a plan for my business? Let's go with Aaron for this one. <laughs> I'm going to say, take Aaron's course. That's what you need yeah. to do. That like set my summer up for last year. Take, take the finishing framework. That's all you need to do. But oh, go ahead. Aaron. What do you think? That is so nice. Well, okay. Take the finishing framework. Um, but if also, if you're a new teacher, you could take the foundations course as well. That's more of a beginner level, but I would say, gosh, for summer, this is where I like geek out on stuff because I remember like, so I'm not in the classroom right now, but I still, there's still still something about the summer break and having that time to work on your business. That just feels like, uh, just like a wide open block of time with no other obligations. So I would say, I, my answer is twofold. I would definitely think about tackling all of those tasks that you don't have time to tackle during the school year. So like kind of front loading your business and like doing a ton of stuff during the summer. So you're not stressed during the school year, whether that's batching, like emails to your list, whether it's batch creating products, I'm all about batching. Obviously I really, I'm a kind of late of a lazy person. So I like to get a lot of like those undesirables done in one sitting. So I would do that, like think ahead about how you can alleviate your stress for next school year. But I also love the summer for finally getting to sit down and work on that project that you've been putting off, like the one that you're just going to love creating and just have fun and look forward to creating every single day. Because I feel like that's a really good way to mix business and pleasure. So you're, you don't feel like you're working your whole summer away. I think it's important to choose an enjoyable task, but I'm curious to hear from other people. If you have like a way that you plan what you're going to do on summer break. So I try to do like the big projects because I've learned that before school, there's sometimes I can't wake up early. And then after school, I have like zero energy to work on either like a product line or just um, things that required like a lot of energy and thinking. So I like to leave like big, big projects like that where I am fresh and I have a lot of energy definitely for the summer. Um, but what I do beforehand is just I try to just write down like the ideas that I have for it, outlines, just create templates for it. So I have, I try to have everything like set up. So when summertime comes, it's just, you know, whatever takes up my most energy, I can just do it during that time. Just because I know that's the only time I'm going to have where I can spend four hours or five hours just working on that. And then just like Aaron said, I also like to work like on little side projects just to like balance things out. Um, so I like to do that. And that works out because I know that after summer, I can then start working on other little stuff that I like, but that doesn't require as much time and energy. I would agree. And I would say 
map out what days you're going to work, give yourself times and don't just write TPT, like, write. I'm going to do this, 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 and this, because when you get more specific, you're more likely to do that task. So I think that's really important to do too, is kind of, you know, what are you going to do during that time that you're going to work during the week? I was just going to add, I agree with everything everybody said, but one thing I try to do in the summer is get out of the house and work because I kind of get tired of looking at the walls because I'm used to getting up, going to school every day. So I see something different, but in the summer, you're just looking at the same walls. So I try to find different places to actually go work and it kind of helps because I know I've got a limited time. I'm going to sit here. I got to get these two or three things done. And I usually am more confident that they're going to get done instead of trying to get them done at home where I'll play with my dog or watch TV or things like that. When you're somewhere else, you get it done and then leave. Okay. We're going to jump back to some submitted questions. If you're just starting out, what should be your square one starting point? Oh my goodness. That's a, that's a big question. Like when we think back, like like little things still. I mean, I started my blog first and I think in my mind, I thought like I was going to like blog every day and it was going to be just going to spread my wealth. And I think that like we started in a time where Instagram wasn't around. I think it was around, but I don't think like people, teachers were really using it. And so when I look back at old blog posts, I'm like, who cared about the new pair of shoes? I was like, or what I ate for lunch. Like, first of all, food pictures, gross, but like, so silly. So I think that like, if you're starting, like, you know, start with a blog and start with a product and blog about that product and just start there and just, you have to do it. And done is better than perfect to like, you know, steal from Aaron, like just start, you have to do it. And like Vanessa said, you can always go back and make it better. And I think we all on this panel have probably gone back and tweaked products and tweaked blog posts to make them better, but you just have to start. And so make, make something that you use in your classroom get it on TPT and share it on your blog. I love that advice. And I think just, just the general advice of like, just, just do something like just start, like it doesn't really matter what you start working on first. I think products are always a very good place to start, but like, I know like my whole entire first year of TBT, probably more than that. I was just like a dog chasing its tail because I was literally like, I had no idea what to do. And I just bounced around from so many different things to another. And like, I wasn't really doing anything. I was just kind of like, I don't know. I I like panic started TBT. It was not a good place (laughs) to start from. So we actually, when we created the foundations course for teacher sellers for like new TBT sellers, we kind of talked and we were like, we need like a a place for people to start kind of like that exact question, like a square one type place to start. So the entire first module of our course is free for anyone who is thinking about starting TBT. So hopefully that's a good segue into a little, (laughs) if you want to sign up for the free module, you can go to schoolofsellers.com slash foundations. No, but really, I mean, it's such a big, like up in the air question. And I think a lot of people probably have like the desire to start And like, they know deep down they can do it, but the physical like starting point can be a mystery for a lot of people. So I would say sign up for our free module, but also just start a seller account. That would be a really good place to start. Yeah, definitely starting the seller account and focusing on just putting like up your first freebie. That's a good start. And don't worry about colors or, because I remember when I first started, I think I would obsess over like, what color should my logo be? And I think I changed it like 
every color of the rainbow my local has been. So yeah, and you know, you're so lucky to have like Aaron and just to be able to tell you like where to start or even some guidance. Because I think when we all started, it was just like, we didn't even know where we were just, I was just like trying out so many different things. Some things worked, others didn't, but yeah. I 100% agree. And I wanted to add Facebook groups, like join Facebook groups and just start doing, you know, cause I, I agree, Vanessa, I'm first of all, I'm not the only one out there helping people start their TPT businesses, but I think kind of like Instagram, Facebook groups were a thing when we started, but they weren't like as prevalent as they are today and certainly not as helpful. Like I've met some of my best TPT friends inside of seller Facebook groups. So that's just kind of like an added bonus actually of joining those, but they're a really great place to start. Okay. This next one's going to be for everybody since everybody's still in the classroom. It's going to be, what is your top tip for balancing teaching full-time with your TPT business and avoiding the burnout. So we'll do like a quick fire with this one. Okay. Go Vanessa. Leave on time. (laughs) I have an alarm, my watch. I have a little poster. That's like my every, that's my goal every single day. Just leave on time, like leave by your contractual hour. Don't worry about grading, about all of that. Just sometimes I just get up and I just leave. Because if I don't get up at that time, I know I could be there. I'll say like, oh, I'll be there in there five minutes and easily an hour can pass. So yeah, just leave on time. I would say this might be counterintuitive and Molly kind of already uh, talked about this earlier, but don't work when you feel stressed or when you are kind of feeling burnout because it just makes it worse. And then you don't want to do TPT and it becomes a whole thing. So, you know, I think it's important to have a plan, but I also think it's important, especially during the school year to say, like, check in with yourself. And if it's not a day that you're going to get quality work done, Aaron talks about things like you have Netflix and chill tasks, little things that you can do on the couch. So just, I don't know, be patient with yourself and you're going to have days that you just can't work. And that's, Okay, because you're gonna burn yourself out if you try if you try to force it. So TPT is my self-care. I just want to leave the building and teaching, you know, the same grade year after year, it's easier to leave on time. Sometimes the year are harder than others, like report card time. I'm not getting much TPTing done. If I teach a new grade, you know, there's more more work, more planning, but Every year is different. This year, teaching online all day at home, I don't want to open up my computer in the evening and do TPT sometimes, right? So just give yourself grace. But for me, I love it. So I just get home, get the school stuff out of the way, and then get to work, the work that I love. I agree. And I think it's like a mindset that if you like... I used to think, yeah, I'd stay, I would watch, I was telling somebody yesterday, I used to watch the evening news in my classroom every night as a new teacher. And so I think like Vanessa's point of like, leave the building and do something. And I started TPT when I had a really, really rough year, the year I did it. And I needed to do bring some joy back into teaching, which is why I started TPT. Like I needed to find something that I loved about education. And so like to Nicole's point, it continues to bring joy, but I'm also very task oriented. So I sort of set goals and, you know, set goals is like, you know, what Michael was saying earlier, I'm going to do this, this, and this today. And I work better in the morning. So I actually wake up really early and I get a little bit of work done because by the time I do get home, 
I am exhausted. So I think you need to find the time that works for you. Like if you love to stay up at 11 o'clock, that's awesome. But I am asleep by 815. <laughs> like no joke, tired in bed, asleep at 815. Like I beat my kid to bed some nights. So just, you know. So it's funny. She said she's like a morning person. I'm a total night person. I cannot work before like eight o'clock. My brain is not on. Like I'll work at school all day come home, I have to like do stuff. And then eight o'clock, like my creative brain turns on and I'll stay up to like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock sometimes, and then go to school, which I know sounds terrible, but that's just the way my brain works. And it doesn't bother me to stay up late. So that's kind of funny you said that because I'm like 2 a.m. person. Yeah. And at like 4 a.m. I'm like, zing, there's that idea. Time for me to get out of bed. So yeah, I'm definitely a morning person, <laughs> just like Molly. I, so I, feel like I shouldn't even speak to this because I wasn't in the class in this year and this year was just a year. But one thing that worked for me when I was in the classroom was choosing one day that I would let myself stay late. So like, ideally, I never wanted to stay late. But if I had to, I knew that I had the option of staying late one day out of the week to get like a ton of stuff done. And that kind of like gave me the flexibility that Michael was talking about, kind of like set boundaries, but also give yourself grace and give yourself, you know, opportunities to kind of move things around based on the day to day. Okay. I have a live question for Carrie because I know she's amazing at Instagram. Should you follow everyone who follows you on Instagram? Absolutely not. (laughs) And I will say that because I'm going to say that with a reason. Uh, Well, there's a bunch of weird reasons, but one reason is because like, I think I said earlier and Molly said earlier, I don't like to see other people's things because you'll see it and you're not intentionally trying to be inspired by it or copy it, but it's in the back of your head. And like six months later, you'll have this idea, but it's not really your idea because you saw it. And so I don't follow a lot of people that I think make things that are related to things I would make. And once I see somebody starts making things that I would make, I unfollow them. But absolutely do not feel obligated to follow someone just because they follow you. Even if they message you very nicely and say, hey, follow me. I love your stuff. Delete and keep it moving. That's a good one. Okay, let's see. I'm going to ask Michael this one. What are some suggestions for gaining followers for your TPT store in order to build up an email contact list? Oh, that is a really good question. I will say, at least in my experience, I just kept making things and I kept posting on Facebook and Instagram and I just kind of kept going. And eventually I had followers on TPT that I used the note for followers and sent them other places. And I eventually got enough followers on Instagram that I would say, hey, here's my TPT store. And they would follow my TPT store. Sometimes you have opportunities to do little like giveaways. And part of the giveaway is following your TPT store. So I think it's a lot of just, you just have to keep putting yourself out there and putting yourself out there. And it it eventually will, something will catch, I think. And then what you can use that platform to kind of loop everybody into everything else. So just keep going at it and you'll eventually notice something starts kind of just working for you. And I would say too, to not be discouraged by other people who have a large number of followers, either on TPT or Instagram, because a lot of times 
those followers aren't like really followers. Maybe they got a ton one time from like a post that went viral or something. And if you look at a lot of those accounts with like tens or even hundreds of thousands of followers, their interaction, like when they post something on Instagram, like there's barely any likes or comments compared to how many followers they have. So definitely take those numbers with a grain of salt. But I love Michael's advice. That's the best way I think to get an authentic following is patience, unfortunately. I also just want to add one of the things I always remind myself, and I heard it somewhere, I'm sure on a business podcast. If you have 10 loyal followers, you will get more sales from them than having a thousand people that you got randomly somewhere. So I always try to remember that. Okay. This next one's going to be for Vanessa, because I know you're really good with social media as well. (laughs) Are you ready? How important is social media to your success as a TPT seller? To be honest, as a teacher, I never turn to social media for resources. We do have a blog and a YouTube channel. So is it okay to just post to Instagram and Facebook with helpful hints, repurposing content from your blog, et cetera, but showing up to stories daily is a struggle. Oh yes. For me too. Every day. (laughs) Um, But is it essential? Uh, Well, I want to say that Instagram now is bringing me like now I'm seeing it like as my top 10 sellers, like on TPT, on the like TPT dashboard. But that took many years to even get there. So even if I earned like a penny, I was like, oh, my God, it's one penny (laughs) from Instagram. But is it essential? I want to say Instagram is a lot of work, I think. Pinterest is way better than Instagram just because um, for SEO purposes, like your pin and everything that you put there will definitely go a longer way than Instagram. Instagram is just more like every day you're there doing a story or putting a post and that takes a lot of time and energy and like I love repurposing things. So like once I do like a video, I try to put it like on stories. And then like the following week, I will put the same video again, just because Instagram is one of those things where like, you got to work on it every single day. And then the day you don't post, like Instagram punishes you like very hard, like very harsh for not posting, um, one day, but I would focus more of my energy on Pinterest than Instagram. Um, I just feel like it goes a longer way and it's Pinterest. Yes. There's a lot of work like up front, but it's like, once you have it, it's there for a very long time. Like I have pins that I did like three years ago and I'm seeing them now like, Oh, I got a sale from this versus Instagram. I feel it's more for like a quick win, but it's not necessarily something that brings me revenue, like as much as Pinterest, which is like longer and I don't do necessarily as much work as I do for Instagram. I just like it because it's just fun, but yeah, it's a better long game for Pinterest, but I do what I like about Instagram is it gives you like a connection to people. I feel like you start to know people and you start, and I hate doing stories because I hate listening to my voice. I hate showing my face, but I know that's what people want to see. Like I I'm nosy. Like the very first thing I do when I go to somebody's blog is go to the about me page. Like if you don't have an about me page, like I'm kind of like, why not? What are you hiding? So I think that it's like really important to share part of yourself because people want to know who they're buying from. Like we want to know. So I think that's what Instagram is good for. But I do agree that they do punish you harshly. If you like miss a day, you're like, ah, gosh, I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. 
So I'm going to be on the opposite of the fence here. I hate Pinterest because Pinterest hates me. So for all of those people out there who you're in the same boat as me and Pinterest hates you, we're here. But I love Instagram and Instagram is usually like in my top three on sales is either, of course, CBT and then like Facebook or Instagram and Pinterest is somewhere way down there. So Pinterest, I mean, Instagram does well for me. Like I can tell when I haven't posted anything on Instagram, sales go down if I'm not in stories. So like for me, Instagram is my moneymaker a lot and Facebook. So I think my advice on that is to do what works for you. Even though a lot, I know a lot of people are going to say Pinterest and you're sitting there trying, 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 it's not working. Find something that works for you. That's going to be my piece on that. I just want to add also, like, I agree with Molly. Instagram, you definitely build, like, that connection, that relationship, and it works out in that sense. And I think Instagram, that platform is great for that. I also I do agree with Carrie that some people do. I have a friend that all she does is Instagram and she does phenomenal. But I also feel it depends like where your people are. So, and it also depends like on your niche. So if you are more like high school, just like upper elementary there, you will have people there, but well, let me just stop is wherever your people are. And if your people are on Instagram, then that's where you need to be. If it's on Pinterest, then that's where you need to be. Just kind of need to decide like which platform will work best for you, depending on your niche. I'll also say you don't have to do everything. I'm the introvert. I don't like being, you won't see my face rarely anywhere. And that's just me. And I still do fairly well. So if you're feeling like I can't do it or don't feel like you have to do all the things right now. You could maybe put that off for a bit later, but you don't have to do it all. You can still be successful. If you're just a little bit scared or hesitant or you're, you don't think you could commit to the time that's needed to do all of those different things. I heard from another seller and I wish I could remember who this was, but she said that she tries to focus on like one new thing a year. So like if you're feeling weird about starting a platform or you don't really have one that you're like, oh, I definitely know I'm going to do Instagram. I don't know. I would try to get maybe really familiar with one at a time and then see what works. But I'm kind of with Nicole, like the showing your face aspect was what turned me off from social media for so long. But I, I know plenty of sellers who have successful businesses either without social media or without showing their face because of, for a variety of reasons, like some, some schools really require you to like not you know, share that you're doing TPT. I know in other countries, like confidentiality is huge when it comes to showing your face on social media. If you are also a teacher, one of my friends in the UK has that restriction. So it just kind of depends what your situation is, but it's, I think it's all possible. You just, I think it goes back to what Carrie was saying, like, just do what works for you. Like, don't worry about what everyone else is saying is working well for them. Okay. I have a question that's going to be for everyone again, and it'll be a quick rapid fire one. And I'm going to start with Nicole. Do you guys only sell your products on TPT? And if not, where? I sell right now on TPT and on Boom Learning. I only sell on TPT. I'm also only TPT. I sell on TPT, Boom, and my own personal store. I'm like Carrie. I sell on my own site, Boom, TPT. And I actually have an Etsy shop, which is not for for a stamp, not for digital goods. I am just TBT in my own store, which I don't really do much with, but it's there if I need it. 
Okay. Let's start with Aaron on this one. There's a lot to create in addition to the actual product, like the cover. Do you have any advice regarding TPT product covers? Okay. One of my favorite bits of advice that Kristen Doyle always shares on our clubhouse store audits is when you're designing your cover image or any of those thumbnails that appear like next to your preview, always make sure that you zoom out on your screen before you choose a final image because you really want to see it, what it's going to look like on your future buyers like phone, for example, because those images are always way smaller to your customers than they are. You know, when you're creating, they're like blown up as big as possible and you can see everything in great detail. So I would say to make sure that everything is still legible from like a bird's eye view, that would be my biggest thing. And just not to go crazy with like colors and words, just keep it as simple as possible. You don't need to splash everything across your cover. You don't need to splash like your logo, your all your brand colors, all your fonts. Keep it simple. I also really like, and I never thought of this till like a couple of years ago. I really like showing a picture of the resource when possible in use. Cause then you can like quickly see it when you see a, you know, an image. So I like that. And I just started doing that a few years ago. I also like, I didn't start doing this and I still don't do it, but I, there's something to like covers. There's certain people's like when you have the exact same cover and you just change it out for the product, like people instantly know like, Oh, that's so-and-so store or that, you know, I recognize that. So it, that's just something to think of. Like maybe you set up one template for it and you do, that's also easy, really, really easy when you're making like lots of things. So I do that for bundles, but I never did that for my store, but I love that there's brand recognition for other people's stores. When I do see that they have the same thing, I'm all over the place. Okay. Let's start with Nicole on this one. What do you love most about TPT besides earning money? I do like creating. That's why I started. I was creating things in my class just for myself. And I do like creating. And I also like what it has brought in terms of um, friendships with people around the world, literally. So that's what I love. I agree that it is definitely friendships. Like I've got a trip planned this year to see people that I only know from from TPT. And it's kind of weird when you talk about like internet friends and like people in your real life are like, are you sure this is a real person? And like, I, you know, you text these people and say like, what do you think of this cover? Do you like this? What do you, you know, it's been great to meet people that are other teachers in other places that have similar values, but it's not the same people you see every day. So I like that. That's been great. Yeah, I like that too. I feel like at my school, like the school culture is not as open. We're always like in our classroom. So I think it's always nice that I can just talk to like other sellers that I've become friends with. And I'm like a teacher nerd. So I'm like, well, what are you doing? And they just like update me like in the teacher world of things. And I think that's really cool just to be able to have someone that you can speak to, not just only about TPT, but like professional stuff, you know, things that goes on in the classroom as well. And like they're not in your school. So it's like, okay, I could let it out the way I want to. <laughs> so yeah, but definitely just the, the friends, the friendships, I have to say that's good too. I'll also add the other thing that I, I love. I feel like sometimes in teaching, you don't feel appreciated, um, whether it's admin or parents, even the little ones <laughs> don't really appreciate you, but they're six, what are they going to do? But it's the feedback from teachers, right? Like that often warms my heart and kind of keeps you going. 
just the fact that you were able to help somebody in that. I do love that too. Yeah. It's even knowing how many kids that you're affecting across the world um, is so cool to just think about. So that's what I love. All of you all took my answers. So all of it. I would say my answer sounds like so cliche, like an after school special, but I truly, I mean, I wouldn't be the person that I am today without TBT. Like it has forced me to grow in ways that I never would have grown as a person. Like it's just, it's crazy to me looking back, like my life before I started TBT and after just being able to start a business and do something that you're doing, no one's telling you to do it. There aren't, you know, society's expectations weighing you down every single day. It's just, you just realize you're capable of so much more than you thought was possible. Even if you're, it doesn't matter if you're an introvert, an extrovert or whatever, like there's a place for everybody. And it's just like such an empowering feeling, I guess, is the word that I'm going for to be able to have something to call your own, like your TPT business. Okay. We have another live question that's piggybacking off of like where we sell. For those of you selling on your own website, do you find that it's more of a headache as in people losing their passwords, dealing with refunds, just customer service in general, or is it smooth and seamless? I think if you set up very clear, like frequently asked questions, like you have a a resource page for people, like outlining like what your refund policy is or your return policy and how to do things like how to videos are like, how many times have we gone to YouTube to find something, find do ourselves. So I think having some, some sort of resource is helpful. And my sort of rule is as soon as I upload something to TPT, I immediately put it on my site at the exact same time because it's just, it's easy. And then it just takes the same amount of time and you already have all those pictures ready to go. So I've got a system, but in the beginning when I was uploading, I think I started my store when I had 550 products. And so like I hired my, at the time, like 13 year old niece and I was like, here you go, like cheap labor. And so it took her like no time at all because kids are fast learners, but I just think make very clear, make it very clear what, how to do things. Okay. And with that said, we're getting very close to our ending time. So we still have a ton more questions. We will find a way to answer those for anybody watching and we will let you know our answers. But for now, we're going to end this with a rapid fire round. So on my screen, I have Carrie, Molly, Michael, Aaron, Nicole, Vanessa. So in that order, if you can remember, then try to go through the answers as quick as you can, simple worded. Ready? First one. What program do you make everything on? Go ahead, Carrie. PowerPoint. 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 What is your biggest marketing tool, Carrie? Facebook ads. Email and Facebook ads. (laughs) (laughs) Email. Email, Facebook ads a bit. Facebook ads. Email and Pinterest. Mac or PC? Mac. 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 PC. Mac. PC. Very divisive. (laughs) I'm team PC as well. Um, Okay. How old is your best-selling product, Carrie? Maybe six years old. Uh, It was my second product, so 2013. Uh, Like five years old? 
Six. Four. Six. What is your highest earning month? Not like number wise, but like what month do we, is our highest? Yes. February. August. Mm. August. January. August. August. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Favorite place for inspiration? Watching Netflix. <laughs> the shower. <laughs> Starbucks. Walking. I would say the car. The car as well. <laughs> okay, we have two more. Ready? How many products do you have? <gasps> like right over 600? Oh, go carry. Like 750? A little less than 200. I think about 250. I don't remember. You have like around 300. Oh my God. 102. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And our last one. How do you make TPT friends? Well, I've had my same friends for like seven years. So I haven't made any new ones. (laughs) (laughs) I think like comment genuinely, like back in the day, we commented on blogs, like genuinely comment on things that you care about and you find interesting. And then if you're like me, just like send creepy messages to people like Aaron. (laughs) Yeah. As an introvert, it's hard, but I would say just, you know, message people, comment on people, be authentic and it'll just naturally happen. Uh, Facebook groups the big conferences and little meetups or little regional meetups like that. I would also say Facebook groups um, and kind of like see whose comments do you tend to agree with a lot or like who would have similar personality to you in real life. And you think like, oh my gosh, I would totally be friends with them if we lived close by. Those are the people that you can reach out to and be a creep because you have to be a creep these days to, I mean, it's not going to happen by itself, but I would say if you're like just starting out, make sure to find groups that are definitely tailored to like maybe newer sellers. So school of sellers 101 is a great example. And there are probably a lot more out there that are really good for the basics. Facebook group and TPT meetups. Is that all of them? That's all. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, first of all, to all of our panelists for answering. You guys are just a wealth of information and inspiration. So thank you so much. And everyone who is watching live or on the replay, thank you for taking time to watch all of this too. And like Ashley said, we'll find a way to get the answers that we didn't get to during this hour, but I think we can all agree they were really good questions. So thank you to everyone who participated tonight. Just make sure to like the Aaron M. Waters page and join us on School of Sellers 101, download module zero. (laughs) I know Katie will post those links for you guys. There will be links in the comments. Thanks again, you guys. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful night.